Welcome to the Ultimate Dentist Podcast. Join us to hear success stories of various individuals and learn clinical and life hacks to help you become the ultimate dentist. Hi everyone, I hope you are all doing great. In this episode, we are going to discuss about material selection for full mouth reconstruction cases. When do you choose what type of material? And there are so many number of different type of material and combination available right now. Uh, it is very easy to get confused. They all work. Um, I have my my choice of material which I use and I'll let you know at the end of the podcast after I've discussed all the materials so that you understand why I choose for what reason. But um, you won't go wrong horribly uh, by choosing one over other material as far as you understand the advantages and disadvantages of each material and have a conversation with your patient because many times we make a decision on behalf of the patient instead of we need to make a decision along with the patient and as far as patients are aware of it let's say one of the main thing with composite is they can chip or break or stain and if you haven't discussed that with patient then of course patient is going to get really um, annoyed that uh, the composite fractured or chipped or worn down in five to ten years uh, ten years time but if you have had a chat with patient that this can happen then it's an informed knowledge so take make the decision along with patient rather than for patient to start with when you are making any material selection decision you need to make sure whether it's aesthetically appropriate for that patient for that situation i.e unless patient really specified it you're not going to do metal crown full coverage crown for anterior teeth and that's a very obvious uh, reason but i'm just letting you know that you know aesthetically suitable material one of the non-obvious reason would be uh, posterior onlays. Now, I love onlays and, you know, over 90% of my teeth, uh, the teeth I restore posteriorly, they are restored with onlays because they are much more conservative, very um, good for the pulp because you're not really grinding the teeth down, easy to maintain. However, if tooth is discolored because of the root canal treatment or large occlusal amalgam and it's visible in that aesthetic uh, smile line, then you may want to cover at least the buckle area of the crown and so, so to do like a veneer lace when you veneer the buckle area and then uh, clusal surface of the tooth. So you're going to uh, make sure you make your decision aesthetic uh, reasons. You also need to make sure it's bio biomechanically uh, suitable for the for the job and the occlusal forces your patient is going to apply. So if your patient is bruxist and parafunctionist, <laughs> then you need to use appropriate material which really um, is for that patient you then need to assess uh, also the, the position of the tooth within the arch to so make sure that the the material selection is appropriate for that particular tooth the quantity of remaining tooth tissue so if the tooth tissue is you don't have enough enamel and completely indentine then you may want to do a crown which does not involve maybe bonding um, because if the whole tooth is dentine then it's very difficult to get, get predictable bonding uh, result and of course it also depends on patient's wishes patient may not want to have you know uh, maintenance and maybe that's why patient may wish to have a porcelain reconstruction done because it requires low maintenance once it's done properly 
So what are the material of choices we have? We, we started with doing full mouth reconstruction using cast gold crowns uh, for the posterior teeth, sixes and sevens, so molars, uh, first and second molars, and uh, sort of porcelain fused to metal crowns for the anterior teeth. And that, uh, that was uh, quite a norm uh, back in the days. Uh, when we do the anterior crowns, we have a palatal metal uh, and buckley covered with porcelain so that you know you reduce the tooth uh, destruction however the advances in dentistry means that we can now use composite resin material direct or indirect uh, very predictably and you can bond things to teeth which means you can do adhesive onlays for the posterior teeth you can do full tooth colored crown like all ceramic crown zirconia crown uh, which requires much um, less of a preparation than uh, porcelain fused to metal crowns, so much more conservative. Um, so, you know, many times when you, let's say, uh, increasing OVD, there is, you're adding some buckle bulk, you're adding some interproximal bulk because there is a spacing maybe. Those patients, you just need to create a small margin uh, for a crown. And if you're doing vertiprep, not even that, just a small round uh, area to make sure there is no undercut and you cement the crowns so it is really um, um, easier because of material selection we can provide patient porcelain crown with minimal or less invasive preps than what we used to do back in the days so let's look at the materials one by one so the first one is um, one of my favorite, which um, I've also written a book about, um, how to do full mouth reconstruction using direct composite restoration. And the reason is my favorite is because if you are not doing full mouth reconstruction, if you want to start doing full mouth reconstruction, this is the safest material, as far as you're good at doing bonding, this is the safest material you can use in order to start your journey doing full mouth reconstruction. Because you can adjust it, you can add to it. Of course, uh, you don't want to do too much adding because uh, adding to old composite requires a little bit of skill a little more preparation and everything so ideally you may want to do a reductive than the additive uh, procedure for correction um and but but the direct composite is um is is one of the one of the one of the favorite choice uh, because it's, it gives you aesthetically uh, pleasing uh, outcome it's quote-unquote non-invasive procedure uh, although i will tell patient that you can't really rip the whole composite off without damaging the tooth um, there will be some damage but if you don't good uh, composite uh, they won't be exactly the same they were um, uh, it can be also used as a diagnostic tool sometime where you want to do full mouth reconstruction using indirect restorations but you want to just test out the occlusion uh, and give patients something to you know to nicer teeth then you can do as an intermediate treatment and um, one of the benefit the other benefit is that you know it's well tolerated by pulp because you're not drilling teeth like crowns so um, you get less pulpal issues it's obviously minimally abrasive to the antagonist teeth. So when your patient grinds uh, against, let's say, natural teeth, um, the patient's not going to really uh, damage the natural teeth. The composite will wear down, but not the natural teeth. <clears throat> so, and it's easy to repair and adjust, cost-effective material. And you could do reconstruction pretty quickly because you are bypassing a lot of labor laboratory phases 
However, obviously it comes with the disadvantage is that, you know, the, the composite shrinks and um, there is accelerated tooth wear. It, you get a bulk fracture um, if if um, it's not bonded properly. You get discoloration sometime if it's not polished properly. Um, and, you know, you need proper moisture control in order to get better result. So, but you need to discuss all this with patient. You need to make sure that you given patient all the information regarding the limitation of composite. You, you want composite to still build composite at least 1.5 to 2 millimeter thickness. If it's a less thickness, then you want to grab as much enamel as you can. So let's say lower in size, a typical example is very minor where you can't add 2 millimeter to raise so much bite. So you may want to add, let's say 1 millimeter, but then you're going to cover either side lingual and buckle of the tooth to grab a bit more enamel and that really helps that now leads to uh, number two uh, material which is indirect composite restoration and again if you are doing let's say very thick palatal buildup and you don't want to do it directly because of the all the disadvantages we mentioned about like a polymerization shrinkage then you can ask lab to make that for you and you just bond it uh, onto the tooth and that works really well because uh, you know it's it's done it's lab made it's easier stress-free uh, more cleaner uh, process um, so you know less cleaning up to do chair side saves you chair side timing but then uh, at the same time it's it adds an extra layer of bond in the sense that composite then you have a bond and then you have a tooth um, I tend to, if I use this technique, then I, I always tend to use heated composite to bond this composite. So it at least becomes one block and uh, that works really well. For posterior teeth, um, I love indirect composite material. Um, the, the materials I use is they are, they are not um, just a normal restorative posterior material. They are, they are somehow modified. So either heat treated like bell glass only or um, Sarah Smart Block, which has got some um, some uh, ceramic particles impregnated in there, but essentially it's a composite. And the reason I like composite for posterior teeth is because they wear down much nicer, and they 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 take the forces of the parafunction uh, patient uh, much better, dissipate the forces very well without. Uh, doing catastrophic um, breakage or issues so yes they do wear down maybe quicker than porcelain but with the blocks uh, they're much better um, again if you just do normal indirect composite like lab made but they just use the normal uh, posterior composite then that would wear down much quicker than the more, more second generation composites <clears throat> or hybrid blocks so that's something uh, you need to be aware of and you know, again, it gives you uh, uh, so many advantages that, uh, you know, you get less time involved in the chair, um, aesthetically still superior than metal restoration for posterior teeth. You can, uh, you, it's less abrasive than in indirect ceramic restoration to opposing teeth. And um, as I said, it's, it just helps you cutting down the time. You do um, need these restoration to be a little bit bulky, so you need to have at least 1.5 millimeter of thickness uh, of the restoration if you really want to have a successful restoration. 
you do obviously need to bond it as normal so it's, you can't treat it like a composite restoration because you may have this margin you are then relying on the lab to make the restoration and also you are then going to add more steps and because of that there will be more cost associated with it so that's the disadvantage of indirect composite restoration now the the other option is you have is for posterior teeth um is your metal onlays and metal crowns again they can be really thin the gold crowns are really really useful um you know they're the material of choice for the posterior teeth for stability and everything however gold also wears so you know that we, we have seen if you've worked you've done dentistry for a few years or more then you've seen probably gold crown with the hole in it where patients just grind it through that gold crown so it, it does happen gold, gold crown is not that stable in that sense and that's the beauty of it because it takes the impact and that's why i'm, I'm comfortable with composite because composite also wears as gold so it's you can compare a little bit gold is more expensive um, and many patient let's say for uppers is fine but the lowers uh, many patients may not like to uh, have gold although i think it's 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 our job we can convince at least patient uh, especially in uk where patients are more um functional orientated uh, in my uh, in at least the patients i see than aesthetically orientated um having said that they are becoming more and more aesthetically orientated so you know no one will if you give them option of metal and white they will always choose the tooth colored restoration so that's something you need to really uh, make sure that you understand um, although cast metal restorations um, are you, you they require less of a preparation it's more conservative and you can still bond them so they are still um, as they say gold standard but you there are other material available which you can use now the 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 other material which uh, are available is ceramic of course restoration uh, which means uh, it could be full crowns or onlays and the the benefit of that is you get su much superior aesthetic result um, however it depends on the margin where it's located so if the margin is supra gingival then you can show sometime margin depending on patient smile line whether it's pro problem or not you you can decide um, it has good abrasion resistance because it, you know it stays longer uh, in the mouth uh, it requires less maintenance as we discussed before uh, there's no issue of staining of the restoration and um, it has a high level of gingival tolerance tissue tolerance as far as you're not encroached into the biological width the disadvantage is that if it breaks or chips it's much more expensive to repair it's expensive to start with it is more expensive to start with anyway but if it breaks or chips is more then it requires much more it's not that easy to just repair porcelain you have to most likely most of the time you have to remove the whole crown out we have developed techniques where you can add composite to the porcelain but there's no one there's no one technique which is really predictable and you can do it nicely and obviously if you have managed to adjust the crown you need to send it back for polishing and reglazing most of the time and um it's it's um it's a it, it requires a lot of work 
and a lot of technical input from your technician in order to do a really good job. So, you know, you're relying on team where, you you know, you need a good team of people in order to really, you need, in order to get to the stage where you are comfortable doing full mouth indirect restoration. So in summary, you need to make sure that you have given informed consent to patient. Make sure you have discussed patient with the, how complex the case is, any um, how time consuming it is, any expenses involved, any maintenance involved. Um, you need to, whatever material you choose, you need to be able to do a test run of that smile. So you need to make sure that like, let's say if I'm doing composite buildup, okay, I can remove and adjust. If you're doing porcelain crowns, you can't really fit the porcelain and then start adjusting if patients can't speak properly or anything. So you need to test that um, your porcelain crowns and everything in a provisional first and then copy exactly the same. And then you need to discuss with patient that, you know, everything fails. Like, you know, whatever you do will fail at some point eventually. And this is something I start all my conversation with. And, you know, it's the best time to do that because patient understand if you now, if you don't tell that to patient and if you, if you tell that patient later when something breaks or fractures, then that will become as an excuse. So this is really, um, this is really a, a full sort of rundown of material selection for full mouth reconstruction. My choice of material is a composite as i mentioned because you know it's easy for easy to adjust uh, it's patient can more, more patient can afford it but um let's say affordability is not an issue generally i do lower anterior composite upper palatal composite buckle veneers porcelain veneers for the uppers and uh, for aesthetic reasons and if i can if it if it if the space allows, so I'd, I'd overrun almost non-prep veneers, porcelain. Posteriorly, I love, as I said, my second generation composites. So something like Serasmart or Bell Glass for posterior onlays. Unless patient wants more aesthetic results, then obviously it will be porcelain work. For lower, I can almost always get away with um, onlays. Uh, they look nice. For uppers, yes, uh, onlays in the sense that uh, Sarah Smart or composite onlays, uh, bell glass onlays. But for uppers, for maxillary teeth, um, sometime I may have to resort to veneer lays using porcelain material to give patient really nice smile. But um, with the newer composite material, you can get really good, um, really good aesthetic results as well. So don't dis discard them either. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this brief um, discussion on material selection for full mouth reconstruction. I hope uh, you have taken some po points from this uh, podcast so you can implement in your daily practice. If you like and if you if you love what I talk about, then please uh, subscribe and follow the podcast and do recommend to your colleagues, your your friends who are dentists who can who you think may be able to gain uh, something out of this podcast. This is this is I do uh, to help other dentists, and uh, you know even if I can make one dentist really good and happy uh, in, with their clinical dentistry, then my job is done. So again, um, I hope you enjoyed it and I will see you in the next podcast.